Well, it's a privilege to be here. Um, yeah, Alex, maybe six weeks ago, maybe two months, he came to me and Brandon and uh, told us we'd have the honor of preaching. And the way he worded it is, I'm not asking. And so praise the Lord for a pastor who hears the Holy Spirit and trusts him. Um, like Alex said, my name is Nate. Uh, my wife is Eleni. She's our worship pastor. And um, yeah, I just have a privilege to be here today. I feel like the Lord wants to impart faith to us. And not faith as in salvation, because once we give our life to the Lord, that's what we a lot of times top off as what we think of as faith. But if we look in Scripture, there are different levels of faith. We have people in the Old Testament operating out of faith. We have people in the New Testament operating out of faith, and it's beyond just salvation. So when I use the word faith today, I am not just referring to being saved. I'm referring to the spirit of faith, which is the Holy Spirit. And I'm referring to the gift of faith, which as Christ tells us in Mark 11 is the ability to move mountains. And so um, I wanted to start off today with some prayer, but before I did, I felt during worship the Lord put Proverbs 4.18 on my heart and just realized no no prophecy of Scripture is of private interpretation. And uh, the Word of God testifies all of Jesus. So basically, no Scripture is of private interpretation because it's all pointing to the Lord. And so if you read anything in Scripture, you can say, that's for me right? God's promises are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so Proverbs 4.18, this is the New King James. I'm going to almost always be in the New King James unless I specify otherwise. So if you want to follow along, that's the translation I'll be reading from. Uh, Proverbs 4.18, but the path of the just or the righteous is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter until the perfect day. And so that was written in the Old Testament when everyone was still under the curse of the law. So if the Old Testament is already telling us that a righteous person can have a brighter and brighter life every single day and go from glory to glory and strength to strength, and Christ has redeemed us from all the curse of the law, how much more can a New Testament spirit-filled believer expect that their life should actually be getting better, not worse? I think there's a problem in the Western church that we've kind of thought, woe is me, is a righteous attitude um, and... I'm not trying to rebuke anybody, but it's just if you look in Scripture, that's not there. And uh, God wants you blessed. God wants your life to go better. God didn't come spend the most valuable possession of heaven and cost his son's life so that you could have a crappy life once you gave your life to Christ. He wants you to have a better life. Jesus came so that you could be healed. He came so that you could be delivered. The word saved and delivered is actually the same in the Greek. So if you've been saved by Christ, you should have the same amount of faith to be fully delivered from any oppression, anxiety, negative thoughts, whatever that would be. Um, you know, And the word um, healing also derives from a very similar word as saved. And if you look in scripture, no one came to Jesus and was like, hey, Lord, please heal me. And he said, no, not right now. I'm teaching you a lesson through this sickness. Or you you never see Christ in scripture say, no, go back, come to me in three weeks. That's when you'll get healed. And, um, you know, you never even see in scripture the Lord forcing people to uh, follow other teachings, right? The Lord doesn't say, no, go to this teacher or go to this person. They came straight to Jesus. And so today, the title of the message is Jesus Christ is Perfect Faith. And the reason I named it that, one, the Holy Spirit told me to, but two, um, it's I can look to Jesus and what he did in the scripture, and that can create perfect faith in me of what I should expect in my life. And then since the Bible says in John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, I know that the word of God is literally Jesus. And so I can read any promise in scripture, Old or New Testament, and I can say what God did for someone, he'll do for me. Um, but it takes faith, right? Uh, I feel like, sorry, Kevin, I'm probably not going to go in any order whatsoever. If Kevin stones me after the message, you know why. Praise God. 
But um, so actually, I, I will. I will go back to the beginning. So I'm going to go to the first scripture. So um, I want you to get excited. By the way, I want you to get excited today because the Lord has something in this message for each and every person. Um, I've been praying over this for about one to two months, and I've just been asking, Lord, I don't want my word. I want your word. And there's plenty of ways we could talk about faith, but um, just like, you know, you have a conversation over a topic with someone and it doesn't make any sense, and then you have the same topical conversation with someone else who words it differently and it just makes, it clicks, kind of like a different teacher in school. I was praying, Lord, I don't want to teach faith from my perspective. I want to teach faith from the way you know it can be received by everyone in this congregation. I believe the Lord handpicked every person who came here today, and I believe that he has a word for you. And so I just want you to position that in your heart by faith that, God has something for me. This isn't just for my neighbor. This isn't just for Alex or Nate. This is for anybody, right? No scriptures of private interpretation. God is no respecter of persons. So um, let's jump into Hebrews 12, 2. I'm going to read it from the New King James. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And I'm really going to highlight the first half of that. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Um, I don't have it on the slides, but I'm going to read it from the Amplified Classic. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for belief, and is also its finisher, bringing our faith to maturity and perfection. And so we can see that Jesus is the source of our faith, which I view as salvation, right? The reason we originally gave our life to the Lord. But he's also the perfecter or the maturer of our faith. And what I mean by that is that you need to have faith for all the promises God had for you on this earth. Um, This might be new to some people, this might not be, but Jesus didn't just die to give you eternal life. If you look throughout scripture, Christ paid for a lot of things to give us eternal life, and we should look to Jesus and what he says to perfect our faith. So what did he do? Matthew 9.35. In fact, I'll actually read it word for word versus my paraphrased. The Nate Baker translation isn't quite the same. Matthew 9.35, New King James. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. I don't have this one, Kevin, but Matthew eight sixteen through 17. And when evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a single word and healed all who were sick. He healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So just off the get-go, we know that Christ, when he died, he also died for us to have perfect health on this life. And so not just for divine healing. I don't want our faith to be, I go from healing to healing, right? I get sick, then I get healed, then I get sick, then I get healed. Um, if you actually look in scripture, Jesus never had a headache. He never had a sneeze. He was never sick. And um, I think we should position our faith for that same level. No football team t- goes onto the field and expects to lose or tries to lose. And so why in the natural would a sports team have more faith for a victory than we as believers in the Son of God should have uh, in faith for what he paid for us? Um, So healing, we know that everything Jesus did was at the Father's will. Luke 4, or excuse me, Luke 2, 49. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my Father's business? In another scripture, Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing. 
And so we know everything Jesus did was at the will of the Father. And I believe it's, is it Matthew 6 where the Lord's Prayer is? It's somewhere around there. Uh, how does Jesus teach us to pray? Our Father who is in heaven. And so if Jesus is telling us that God is our Father, and then later on in Scripture, I think it's in Ephesians, it says we are co-heirs with Christ. Well, if, to be a co-heir means you're a brother or a sister. And so if we are co-heirs with Jesus, and, we, and God is our Father, why would we not expect to receive the same thing that Jesus demonstrated? Uh, furthermore, I think it's in John 14. Let me see if I can quick track it down, otherwise I'll... It's John 14, 12. Yes. John 14, 12. I'm going to do 12 through 14. Most assuredly, I say, and this is Jesus. These are the red letter words, so I think we can agree he's an expert in the Christian faith. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, or she, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, or in the name of Jesus, I will do. Not I might do, not I'll think about it, I will do, if you ask in my name, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you, verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. In fact, I'm going to continue on. Um, if you love me, keep my commandments, I will pray to the Father, and he will give you the promise, or the helper, or the Holy Spirit. So, you got to realize that the disciples before Christ's uh, death, burial, and resurrection were actually just operating out of the Holy Spirit being upon them. But when Christ died and resurrected, and then in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit fell upon them, he became in them. The Holy Spirit became one spirit with them. And uh, scripture calls that dunamis power, or dynamite is a way it could be translated. And so there's literally power when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. James 5.16 tells us the prayer of a righteous person carries great power and produces wonderful results. Um, and, it, and then right afterwards, it references in 1 Kings 17 when Elijah, this was back when uh, Jezebel and Ahab were running the scene and things were getting bad, and Elijah prayed that it would not rain, and then it did not rain for three and a half years. So think about that. One righteous person's prayer was greater than the thousands of prophets of Baal and all the other people in the land. And so if God is no respecter of persons, and that was in the Old Testament living under the curse of the law, how much more powerful is a New Testament Holy Spirit-filled Christian's prayer is all I'm trying to say. And so I, I, realize, I want you to realize your prayers are not requests. Um, your prayers are heard by your Father in heaven, and he answers them all. But you need to have faith for it, right? Jesus literally says, according to your faith, be it unto you. And so I wanted to stir your faith to have faith. How do you have faith? You just believe. You say, I don't care if I feel doubt. I don't care if I don't feel it. Faith isn't a feeling like Alex said. Faith is a decision. Faith is what comes out of your mouth. Proverbs 18.21 tells us the power of life and death is in the tongue, and those will eat the fruit of their lips. God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will also reap. And so I want you to start to think every word that comes out of your mouth is actually a seed you're planting, and um, you can choose what kind of harvest you bring in. So yeah, Jesus' perfect faith. Sorry, going back to everything Jesus paid for. He came to give us life and life more abundantly, John 10.10. John 3.16 tells us that Jesus came to give us eternal life. 1 Peter 2.24 tells us that he came to forgive our sins. 
First Peter 2.24, he who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. So not only can we live above the power of sin, we can live on top of sin. We don't have to keep sinning. It's not about um, beating yourself up or thinking that you have to be perfect. You know, it says that there is grace for us who are of the house of the Lord. But realizing that you can live in authority over everything in life and by whose stripes you were healed. Interesting that Peter just tosses that in there. Um, you know, I'm going to skip a couple. But the last one that I really want to highlight is Galatians 3, 13, 13 through 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ, that we receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Um, Later in the chapter, it actually tells us that uh, when God prophesied to Abraham that you'll be a father of many nations, it was because God was planning for Jesus to come and redeem all the Gentiles. And a Gentile is just someone who's not a Jew. Um, and so that's probably almost everybody in this room, if not everybody. Um, it's me, at least. And so what's really cool, if you look at life, you know, any, any Christian who's read the Bible, they look at Jewish people, and they're like, yeah, they're blessed because God blessed them. God blessed the Jewish people. And it's like, well, did you realize that you have the same blessing on your life through Jesus? So why aren't you blessed? And it's a faith thing. It's a faith thing, right? The Jews read the scriptures, and they know that God has blessed them with the blessings of Abraham. But a lot of Christians aren't informed, and honestly, to a degree, I think it's, uh, it's on the pastors not teaching it. And so praise God that we have one who does. But um, that was something for me. I didn't know for like the first five years of my Christian walk. I didn't realize I could be blessed. I didn't realize God wanted me to succeed in life. I didn't realize that um, it was okay to succeed and prosper even fiscally. You know, I always wondered about that. And uh, it's right there in the scripture, though. Every answer is in the scripture. If you get that in your heart today, you'll realize everything you have a question about is in the scripture. All right, so back to the topic. Faith is perfected in Christ, or Jesus Christ is perfect faith. Well, John 15, 5 tells us we have to be connected to the true vine. If we're not tapped into the vine, we can do nothing. We are a branch that withers and gets thrown into the fire. But when we're connected to the true vine, um, everything is possible in our lives. And so faith only works in relationship with Jesus. What do I mean by that? Well, your prayers should be pointed towards Jesus, not towards an invisible entity. I mean that you should really strive or seek after having daily encounters with the Lord, reading his word, and don't just do it like I'm on a checklist, want to get through the scripture. Read it to encounter the Lord, right? The scripture says the word is living and breathing, uh, and the scripture is Jesus. And so we can encounter the Lord just like we did during worship today. You can encounter him in your own Bible. You can also encounter him worshiping him in your car. Um, If you have the If you've received the gift of the Holy Spirit, I highly recommend praying in the Spirit because Scripture tells us that we are praying the Father's perfect will when we pray in the Spirit. And Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit is actually interceding through us when we pray in the Spirit. And so there's something powerful about receiving that promise of God. And um, yeah, also getting with people, gathering, don't forsake the gathering of the saints, the Scripture tells us. Where two or more are gathered, I am in their midst. One puts a 1,000 to flight, two puts 10,000. So there's multiplication when we encounter the Lord together, and there's multiplication when we intercede and pray into things together. Um, that's why I also think marriage is so beautiful, is like you automatically have 10,000. So come on. But yeah, so if I have a question about anything in my life and about what God wants for me, I can look at what Jesus did for me in the Scripture and what God did for anybody else in the Scripture. 
Because how many of you know Jesus said, I and the Father are one? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So I know anything Jesus did and anything God did, it's the same being, it's the same person. So all those things we kind of talked about today, don't leave any present under the tree unwrapped. Think about, this is kind of a weird analogy, but the Lord brought it to me. Imagine a Christmas tree and you bought somebody a bunch of presents underneath. And they come and they open the presents, but they only open three of them and they leave three unopened. And you're like, hey, like, I also got those for you. And they're like, no, I don't believe you. Or no, I don't think that's for me. Wouldn't that really break your heart? Wouldn't you be like, no, I also bought those for you. I had you in mind when I paid for those. They cost me something. I want you to have them. And um, it's that same way with all the promises of Scripture. And so I just want everybody to say this under your breath or out loud. Thank you, Jesus. Every promise of Scripture is mine. So I want to circle back to uh, Hebrews 12.2. Kevin, would you mind throwing that back up? I'm putting them to work today. I heard some stones clinking around back there. I'm nervous. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So he is the author or the source of my faith, and he's the finisher or the perfecter. Now I want to bring that in and cross-reference that with Hebrews 11.6. I don't know about you, but I want to please the Lord. I want my life to be a pleasing fragrance to him, as scripture describes. So Hebrews eleven six, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so if you look at those two scriptures together, I have to believe God is, or he is the author of my faith, the source. I have to believe him for salvation. He exists. But then I also have to believe he's the perfecter or the one who matures my faith or he rewards me when I diligently seek his presence. And so there's two aspects of faith. And um, the salvation part is beautiful, right? Christ came, he lived a perfect life, he died, shed his blood, broke his body for our sins so that we could be healed so we could receive all the things we already talked about. And then he conquered hell, kicked the devil in the face, took the keys of authority and rose back up, walked on the earth for a little over a month where thousands saw him. And then he literally, if you read the scripture, his feet floated off the ground and he ascended into heaven before people. So if you believe that, you're already crazy. So you might as well just believe everything else with scripture, right? You might as well, you might as well just uh, jump on in. You're dipping your toes in the river already. It's like, you know, but think about that. It's like, how can I believe all of that? And I believe that I'm going to die and go to heaven, but I don't believe my grandma's bunion can get healed. It's like, we got we to gotta step out in faith. You know what I'm saying? You got you to gotta move that little mountain. Um, and so I'm going to jump into Matthew 9, 27 now. I want to show you that, yes, we need to always look to Jesus for our faith, and he is the source of our faith. But what can that faith do in us? So Matthew 9, 27, here we go. I have it up in the uh, New King James, but I'm going to read out of the Amplified. As Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, shouting loudly, Have pity and mercy on us, son of David. When he reached the house and went in, the blind men came to him. First off, how are they following him? But anyways, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do... Maybe Kevin was with them, and they heard all the stones clanking in his pocket while he was waiting for me. Um, Do you believe I'm able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, listen to this, according to your faith, be it done to you. And the Amplified takes a little further. It says, according to your faith, trust, and reliance on the power invested in me, 
be it done to you. So remember, your faith is not in yourself. Your faith is not in your own faith. Your faith is not in a pastor. Your faith is in Jesus. It's on the power of Jesus. And the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead dwells in each and every one of you. You don't need me or Alex to lay hands on you. You can lay hands on yourself and get healed. It's the same Holy Spirit. And so furthermore, I already kind of touched on this, but since it's in the notes, I'll brush over it again. Um, The same faith for salvation is the same faith for everything else. What did you do in salvation when you gave your life to the Lord? Well, Romans 10, 8 through 10 tells us, The word is near to you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe him in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Ready for this? This is how faith works. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Okay, well, think about that. So, I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth. That's how faith works. So, if I don't let it out of my mouth, I also, that's also how unbelief works. If I don't let it out of my mouth, unbelief can't manifest, right? So, I do have that gate. Even if my heart is wavering, I can choose what comes out of my mouth. And so, um, Proverbs 18, 20 through 21. So, keep, keep that scripture from Romans in mind. Proverbs 18, 20 through 21, New King James. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Luke 6.45 tells us, Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. And Proverbs 4.23 tells us, The issues of life flow from the heart. And so if we combine all those up, the issues of life flow from my heart, out of my heart I speak, and what I speak I'm going to become and I'm going to experience. So I can also reverse engineer that and say, I don't care how I feel, I'm going to speak this. And then all of a sudden my heart's going to be like, oh, my heart's going to be like, oh. And just kind of like retraining your brain, right? It takes, it takes some time to break a habit. Other times it's just a miracle and the Lord does it. But it doesn't matter. Be willing to do it because you'll be having so much fruit in your life. And so reverse engineer that. If, as you go about today, you're going to hear other people and you might even hear your own mouth, right? It might come out of the horse's mouth. Um, but you're going to hear things that you're like, oh, wow. Like, that's not faith. That's the opposite. Or, oh my gosh, I just cursed myself. Or I just cursed my wife. And like, obviously I'm not talking like witchcraft. I'm just talking like, you know, a word, a negative word that would unfortunately lead to bad fruit in their life. Um, and so that's why you see the guy who's like, man, I always miss the shot, always misses the shot, right? And then the guy who's like, yeah, I feel good. I believe I'm going to get it. He almost always does, right? And so according to your lips, according to your faith, be it unto you. So I want to encourage you in that. If you only get one thing today, get Proverbs 18.21. The death and life are in the power of the tongue. If you walk away with only that, your life will literally change. You will watch things happen. You will take down things you never thought you could. You will live in freedom. You will live in authority, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, how important is it what we confess and say? Well, Luke 1, 18 through 20, the, the father of John the Baptist, um, they literally, the Holy Spirit made him go mute for the nine months his child was in the womb because he did not have faith. Mark eleven twenty two says, If you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and do not doubt in your heart, it shall happen. Now, if you look at when other times um, Jesus is talking, he's talking about cursing a fig tree, he, and then it actually happened, right? Then they walked by, and Peter's like, whoa, you actually cursed that fig tree. And so I believe here, Jesus wasn't telling a story. He was literally probably pointing at a mountain, and then pointed at a sea, and said, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could literally move this. 
And it's also really interesting that Jesus always equates faith to seeds. And honestly, anything in scripture is really brought into seeds. And you're like, well, it's because, like, you know, they weren't as uh, evolved. A lot of things were agricultural. But um, really, it's just the way the kingdom of God works, right? When, when the Lord wiped out all the evil off the earth and Noah got off the boat, God said, for as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. And so just realize everything you do in your life is a seed. Um, I had the privilege of driving my friend to a meeting last night. And, the Lord, and originally, he offered to drive. And the Lord told me, no, you drive him. Um, and as I was driving, the Lord said, this is a seed you're sowing. You are sowing a seed into this guy's life and into his ministry, and you're going to receive a harvest. So little things like that, just realize everything you do in life is a seed, and uh, you're going to have a a really, really different perspective. Now, how do we increase in faith? Well, Scripture tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So getting in Holy Ghost meetings where people are preaching the Word of God, that's going to increase your faith. Reading the Bible increases your faith because reading is a form of hearing. Uh, And then also speaking the word of God over your life. Every day I declare scriptures over my life. Out of my mouth I'm confessing it, but I'm also hearing it. And so literally it boosts my faith. And I might wake up feeling kind of eh, or sometimes I'll even wake up and don't even feel saved. And then by the end of it, I'm like, let's go, Lord. Let's let's go conquer this. You know, let's go break this wall Um, and then get sued. But yeah, so in Luke 17, 5 through 6, the apostle said to the Lord, show us how to increase our faith. The Lord answered, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And so we see God tells us we have authority over creation, which is what Adam originally had before um, the snake deceived him, actually deceived Eve, and then he just willingly sinned. Um, And so it's interesting that Jesus didn't tell them how to have more faith. He just told them about faith, because faith comes by hearing, right? It's not a recipe. Um, thoughts, feelings, and circumstances have to bow to faith. And so I don't care how I think about something. I don't care how I feel about something, because a lot of that information is from my soul. It's, kind of, it's carnal, right? My soul needs to be renewed. My mind needs to be renewed by the word of God. Um, and so the word of God is even stronger than circumstances. You might be like, I don't know how I'm paying rent this month. If you keep confessing that, you might not know how you're going to pay rent that month. But if you start to say, thank you, Lord, that you even uh, provide for the sparrows, how much more will you provide for me? Thank you, Lord, that you're going to do a financial miracle. I thank you, Lord, I'm going to pay this rent easy. And then you're going to see that stuff kind of manifest in your life. And, you know, Scripture tells us we go from glory to glory and strength to strength. I love this, Ephesians 5.1. I don't know if I gave you this one, Kevin. I might be going rogue on you. That's all right. You're already going to kill me, so what's the heck? Therefore, be imitators of God. This is amplified. Copy and follow his example, as well as beloved children imitate their father. So we should imitate God the same way a child imitates their earthly father. Well, God doesn't doubt what he says will happen, so why should we? God doesn't doubt his word, so we should no longer doubt. Um, When you make doubt your enemy, you're going to see a lot of breakthrough in your life. You need to realize, don't tolerate sickness. Don't tolerate doubt. Don't tolerate unbelief. Don't tolerate anxiety. Um, When you come to the place where you will no longer tolerate these things, that's when big breakthrough really happens. Because if I hate somebody, I won't let them in my house. If I just dislike them, but they come in a group, I'll let them come in. And if I like them, I'll even let them stay the night. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, yeah, we got got a spare room. You know, just throw yourself up for the night. Um, And so we need to be at a place where we hate the things Jesus hated. And we love the things Jesus loved. Do you see anywhere in scripture where Jesus did not heal someone who asked for it? 
Do you see anywhere in Scripture where Jesus did not deliver somebody who asked for it? And so it says we suffer for lack of knowledge. And I hope today from the scriptures I'm bringing that knowledge and bringing the revelation of what God has because we as a body, it's the end time church, what scripture talks about, whether that's five years or a hundred years, it doesn't matter. We're, we're definitely nearing the end. And Jesus is returning for a perfect bride without spot or wrinkle. And it says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So part of having, being a perfect bride is having perfect faith. It doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. Scripture says that there is grace, but that should be our goal, Right? Just like if I say, hey, I'm planning to make 10 three-pointers today, and I only make seven, that's better than if I'm like, yeah, I'm only going to make three, and then I make three. Yeah, I achieved my goal, but I wasn't striving for the best, and I did not outperform myself. Also, your faith should be in Jesus and in his word, not in yourself. So whenever you're wondering about something, just quote the scripture. Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. This is the, the Father speaking. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I send it. Say, I'm good at believing, because I'm created in God's image. And God's good at believing. So we already kind of talked about this, but I just want to really touch on it again. How can you doubt? What is doubting in your heart? Doubting in your heart is the point where you let it out of your mouth. So don't worry how you feel. That's not doubting in your heart. Doubting in your heart is when you let it out of your mouth and you actually agree with it. When you come under agreement to it, that's when you actually have doubted. So um, if you ever sense that coming on, just begin to thank the Lord for the exact opposite. Let's say you're starting to feel nervous about something. Just start thanking the Lord for the exact opposite. Start quoting scripture and you will see that thing happen. The other thing I want to point out is that God does more than we could ever ask, seek, or imagine. Scripture says in Leviticus 25, 20 through 21, if you say, what shall we in the seventh year? So this was when the Lord told them to have a Sabbath year for their harvest. So he said, harvest the ground for six years, do nothing on the seventh. And they're all worried. They said, their natural mind said this, what shall we in the seventh year? What shall we not, or um, since we shall not sow or gather in our produce? Then the Lord answered with this, I will command my blessing on you in the sixth year, and it will bring forth produce enough for three years. So the Lord provided three years of produce for their one year of need. Um, Paul said in Philippians 4.19, My God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. And so it's all going to be exceedingly abundantly. Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that works in us. The Holy Spirit in us is that power in operation. We have to partner with it. Just like I have to start to talk for English to come out of my mouth, I have to partner with the Holy Spirit to see the fruit of his uh, will come through my life. So a couple of things about faith. Faith requires obedience. Deuteronomy 28 tells us, Deuteronomy 28 verse 1. In fact, I'll probably just read the whole thing because it's so good. So keep in mind, this scripture was Moses telling the Israelites what they can expect from the Lord when they obey his voice. And the reason that they could expect it is because they were the children of Abraham and had the blessing of Abraham. Well, we as Christians also have that blessing, so let's read what God has for us. But keep in mind, it requires obedience. Now it shall come to, ba- come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, 
to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. That sounds a lot like prosperity. And all these blessings shall come upon you and just be with you? No, and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So if you obey the voice of the Lord and if you seek him diligently, his blessings will literally overtake you. If you've ever been on a water slide and then you sit down and you start to slide in it, the water takes over. You've been overtaken, and you are moving at the speed of that now. It's the same thing with the Lord. He's going to overtake you with his blessing. So let's see, what does he bless? Blessed shall you be in the city, not your ministry, not just your business, literally you. Remember, God's covenant is always with a man or a woman. It's not with an entity. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, so your health, but also your offspring, the produce of your ground, or the yield, again, this was an agricultural community, so the yield of your business and your job and your work, and the increase of your herds, same thing. The increase of the cattle and the offsprings of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Essentially, you will never lack any supplies. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. So everywhere you go, you're blessed. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven. So that's a promise of protection. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses or your bank accounts and in all to which you set your hand, your work. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. So he also promises us land ownership. I think that's very, very important. God promises every Christian to own land because we have the blessing of Abraham and he got the promised land. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he has sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And as a spiritual believer, that really is just... If you have a relationship with Jesus and you continually seek him daily, it's going to naturally happen, right? I can't, I can't get, like, if Alex was next to me and God was pouring oil all over his head, I'd get splashed. And so if I'm with the Lord, if I'm with Jesus, I'm naturally going to get what he carries. Verse 10, then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore your fathers to give you. Now, no scriptures of private interpretation, so we can receive that. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season, and to bless some of the work, all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. So don't go into debt. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God and are careful to observe them. Don't turn aside from any words which I command you. Don't go to the left or the right. Don't chase after other gods or other idols. Um, I think it's really important in this time and season of life that we take an assessment, especially as, you know, Christmas is coming, Thanksgiving, family. Just later today, take an assessment What's priority in your life? What's your money going towards? What's your time going towards? That tells you what is really important to you. And then ask yourself or ask the Lord, do I need to reevaluate this? Because scripture tells us God has to be number one, even before our spouse. And so if he's not, this is just a soft reminder. Seek him out in that and see how you can take steps today to get back to the point where God is number one in your life. Because that is the requirement to receive the blessing. We have to hear his voice which I can't hear somebody if I don't spend time with them, right? And so we have to hear his voice and obey him, and that's when everything flows.
Uh, Romans 10, 17 already tells us, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And in John 5, 19, Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. So we know Jesus' life is a perfect example of God's will. Well, James 2, 26 tells us, faith requires action. Specifically, faith without works is dead. So my faith should make me confess something. I actually believe it, right? Like, thank you, Father, that I am blessed. Let's say I was looking for a job. Thank you, Lord, that I am blessed and that you have a perfect job to provide for me and my household. But then what do I have to do? I have to go put my name in the hat at businesses. I have to go apply for jobs. I have to go research and see what God's, maybe I need to go develop my skill to get hired at this job. So faith requires action. That's why, like when Alex is talking about giving and receiving, sowing seeds of finances reaps a financial harvest. Jesus in Luke six thirty eight says, give, and he's talking about money. If you talk to any theologian, Jesus is talking about money. Give and it will be given back to you. Press down, good measure, shaking over and flowing over will it be given. And then it says, I will cause men and women to give liberally into you. And so scripture tells us there is a financial blessing when you give Jesus your money first. But there's also a blessing for anything else. When I give Jesus my time first, there's a blessing for the rest of my time. When I give Jesus my first fruit of any aspect of my life, he multiplies it and he blesses it. So I love that scripture because like, what does it mean to be pressed down? Well, have you ever gone to take out the trash and it doesn't all fit? So you stuff it down and you, you fit more things in the same volume of space? That's what God does. He takes what you give him, whether it be money, whether it be time, whether it be relationships, whether it be anything in life, right? And he multiplies it when you give it to him first. But God can't multiply zero, right? I think we all at least have that good of math. And so you have to give the Lord something. Think about um, Abraham. He came to give Isaac his son. And what did the Lord do? I love this. There was already a ram in the thicket waiting. So you have to realize God's provision is waiting before the need arises, but you have to be obedient because God sent Abraham on a three-day journey. And if Abraham would have been like, well, I'm killing my son anyways. I've walked two days. Let me just go kill him. He would have actually killed his son because God had the provision waiting with the promise. He had to obey the voice of the Lord to receive that provision. And so that's why it's so important and integral to hear the voice of God um, if that, you feel like that's something that you're struggling with, we have a ministry team at the end who will pray. We'd love to pray for you. We'd also love to give you resources because how many of you know kingdom suffers for lack of knowledge and there are many gifted people who have written things, have teachings that can help equip us as the saints to uh, hear our Father easier. I accidentally just covered two topics. So it's faith requires action and faith requires seed. This isn't always, well, actually, you know, I'd say this is always the case. Faith requires prayer, right? Um, You need to have faith, and then you need to pray about it. And what does that mean? Well, prayer could be this. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm healed, right? That could be a prayer. Or it could say, thank you, Jesus, that you've already provided for me, right? The Father is enthroned on our praises. So who inhabits our complaints? Um, Another pastor says that, and I think it's really good. Um, you know, and so we need to step out in faith in our prayer life too. It's not, oh God, if you would do this. I, I want to let you know, if is almost always the language of unbelief. If you would do this, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would do this. Well, scripture tells us we can read the Bible and know the Father's good and perfect will for us. And so once I know the Father's will for us, like, for instance, if my dad said, yeah, here's money, go buy an Xbox. I don't get to the store and then call him like, if it's okay with you, can I buy this Xbox? 
It's like, wait, he already gave me the money, and he already told me I could. Why am I still asking? That means I don't believe he's good. That means I don't believe he told me the truth. And, um, and I know that might not sit well, but I just want to say that. And so we need to realize every promise of Scripture is for us. And if we don't know about something, let's jump in the Word and learn it. If you make the Word your foundation, if the Bible becomes the foundation of your life, I promise you things will always go well for you. And when you don't, Jesus tells us we'll have trouble in this world, but be of good cheer, I've already overcome the world. There's already a solution out. There's already a ram in the thicket. There's already provision waiting. You just keep stepping on and seeing what God does. Say this, unbelief steals promises. Faith receives promises. So I'll leave you with that and let you choose what you'd want. Hebrews 3, the Israelites did not see the promised land because of their rebellion and unbelief. When uh, they sent out the 12 spies, only two of them came back with a good report. It caused all the other ten not to ever see the land, and it also caused all the people of the uh, older generation to never see the land, including Moses, because he couldn't get his temper under control. And so you see that there is cause and effect with the Lord, right? Grace does cover everything, but the Lord will not be mocked. What a man sows, he will also reap, or a woman. And so Hebrews 3 tells us that even if in your heart you're like, yeah, no way, Those are, there are giants there, like we're toast, Why don't you just be the person who says, I believe we can take it because God said it. Because scripture tells us it's not by power, not by might, but by his spirit. So it's not, like, think about These guys were slaves. They probably weren't trained warriors. Um, Now, they probably did develop some training. But, however, they went and they took over all the Canaanites, which scripture tells us there were the um, sons of giants living in that land. So basically, a bunch of Shaquille O'Neal's were waiting there. And uh, if this is too far back, we were a bunch of Allen Iversons. And yet, they took over the land. Furthermore, Scripture tells us in James, a double-minded man can expect to receive nothing from the Lord. So if I become double-minded on a topic, basically I'm wavering and I'm saying, Lord, I don't know if you'll really do this. And so um, I just think that's really good. You know, there was a time in my life where I was really believing for something, but I was also struggling to believe for it. And I was talking to my friend about it, and he just point blank rebukes me. He's like, well, you know, a double-minded man can expect to receive nothing from the Lord. Then he didn't say anything else to me, and I was like, ow. Uh, (laughs) I was like, that hurts, but that's exactly what I needed to hear because then I just turned on the gas. I put my foot on the pedal and I said, Lord, I don't care how I feel. I'm going to declare this. I'm going to believe for it. And then it actually happened. And so that's another thing. Faith isn't a feeling. Sometimes faith is the exact opposite of the feeling realm. Faith is, I believe the word of God over everything else. I believe the word of God over how my stomach feels right now. I believe the word of God over what I'm thinking right now. I believe the word of God over what that person said about me. I believe the word of God over that last result that I just got. I believe the word of God. And we have to be at that place where we stand on the word of God. And God says, the, it will not be mocked. What a man sows, he will also reap. And it says the word carries the, within it the power to fulfill itself. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And the word will not return void. So when we quote the word, when we quote the scripture, it's always going to happen when you have faith. And if it's not happening, just pray, combine with people, boost your faith, fortify your faith, build your faith. Real faith always works. I also want to show there's a promise in faith. Luke one forty five tells us when uh, the angel Gabriel visited Mary to tell her that she's going to be the mother of Jesus, she believed him. And then the reply was, 
Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So there is a blessing when we believe. There's also a blessing for perseverance. Uh, Galatians 6, 9 through 10, New King James. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So don't lose heart. Keep believing. Keep stepping in. Keep pressing forward, and you will reap a harvest. Thank you, Lord. Worship team, if you want to come on up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That was fast. I feel like the Lord has some words for us today. I feel like the Lord has promises for us today. Um, I believe that God wants to do something new in everyone's life. And I believe that he doesn't want anyone leaving here without a touch from him. So we are going to, after I finish, we are going to go into a time of ministry where we'll have prayer teams on each side. And if you need something, just go to them. Realize that they are people who we have approved. So if you're like, hey, um, I have, I, I just heard Nate speak for this time. I have faith if he prayed for me, something would happen. Just realize these people are appointed by this church and that they have faith and that God's going to work through them. So whatever faith you're, you might put in a man, just put it in anybody in our house because they already have Alex's stamp of approval. But I believe we're going to go into a time of ministry where the Lord just wants to speak to people today and he wants to release good things. You know, scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, prophecy is meant to build up, to exhort, and to, um, yeah, to build up the church, to edify. And also in 1 Thessalonians 5, it tells us that test every word of prophecy and keep what is good. And so if you receive a word from somebody in the past and you're like, man, that threw me through a doozy. I don't believe that was accurate. That messed me up. That made me reject God because I didn't want to do whatever that person told me to do. Well, realize if it doesn't resonate with your heart, they're probably off. And God tells us that, think about it. God won't force you to receive eternal life. So God's not going to force you to receive a prophetic word. And so you have the most human authority over your life, right? And so I just want to set you up with that, that there is freedom in this house. There is freedom to accept or deny. But I believe God is just doing something in this place. I feel like heaven is invading earth. I feel like the presence of God is in this place. Maybe the Lord's been touching your heart while I've been speaking and you've been hearing a completely different message. That's fine, right? You know, the Holy Spirit's way more important than me. Um, But yeah, I just believe God wants to do good things today. Does everybody else believe that? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Brandon, I feel like I have a word for you. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Brandon, I see you. Um, I'm sure your wife will like this. I see you just super buff, and I see like a rock in your bicep and forearm, and you're crushing it. And I feel like what the Lord's saying is, I'm girding you with strength. I'm building you up in the house of God. I'm building you up as a man of God, and I'm building you in the strength. You know, arms are meant to lift things. I believe God's calling you to lift others up. I believe he's calling you to lift others up in honor, in humility, and in the way of what it looks like to be a man after God's heart. I believe he's also lifting you up in what worship looks like. I believe he's showing you a new revelation of that, and through you, many people are going to just encounter the Lord in a deeper way. I believe that that stone is that hard place of people's hearts, and I believe the Lord's giving you his strength to break that. And so just keep stepping in, keep stepping in and watch what the Lord does through your life because it's going to be miraculous. Thank you. If he joins Kevin, you know that word was wrong. Mike, praise God for your culinary skills. For those who don't know, he's not, he's not for hire. I already tried. Um, I just see the Lord 
lifting you up. I see this place where you've been bowed low before the Lord. And he said that he's going to exalt the meek. He's going to exalt the humble. The Lord is no respecter of persons. And what he's done for one, he's going to do for you. I believe God has so much wisdom over you. I believe God has so many just gems in you that people don't know that he's going to begin to pour out in this season. I believe like in your small group, as you go about life, things are just going to start to unfold. I feel like you're going to start to feel this nudge, like, oh, I should say something. And obey that nudge because God has something in you he needs to release to people. You see things a certain way and the Lord wants to speak that in the past, maybe that unique vantage point has been received wrongly. I believe God's going to restore that and you're going to see that when you're in the house of God, when you're planted, people are ready to receive because God anoints the sower and the reaper. He cross-pollinates and he's equipped people to receive from you and there's only something that you have that they need, right? Think about it. God only sent one Jesus and so you might be the only person God is sending into that person's life and God is saying, be bold, be brave. I have equipped you for this time and season. You've been made for such a season as this. And so when you get those nudges, trust the Lord, step out and see what he's going to do. It's going to be, it's going to be good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is there anybody in here with um, lower back pain, not muscular, but actually like the bone? Does anybody have anything going on with the lower part of their spine? It's okay. You? I believe the Lord wants to heal you today. Would you be willing to receive that? Would you stand to your feet? just reach out, just press your hands forward like you're receiving. And kind of like drinking water, you don't have to do something, you just receive. So just rest in his presence, close your eyes. Father, I thank you that you don't reveal something without bringing a solution. I thank you prophecy is to edify and to build up. Lord, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus, I command that spine to be healed. I command the vertebrae to come in alignment. I command the squishy stuff between to be restored. I command everything my sister's disappointed. She's, uh, she's a PA. Um, I command everything in your spine to be fully healed right now in the name of Jesus. The power of God is coming upon you. If you need to take a seat, take a seat. The power of God is coming upon you and you're going to begin to feel fire. I even see it right up front. I see it right up front. If there's something going on up there, the Lord is healing that as well. He's renewing your mind. His fire is coming upon you. If you begin to feel heat, don't be frightened. That is the Lord's presence. If you don't feel anything, he still heals. His spirit is not a feeling, but oftentimes it brings one. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for your perfect healing. Is there any way you could test that? Like, is it, was there any physical uh, mobility issues or was it just a pain? It's just pain? Well, I believe you are healed. Would you please give us a testimony of if it was or wasn't healed down the road? I believe it happened, but we're also not here trying to create delusions. And so if I missed it, that's fine. God is healing you. He's going to heal you. And I believe it just took place. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah, can we give him a hand clap? Holy smokes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And by the way, anybody can do this. It's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit. If you get in a bucket of oil, you start to drip oil. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Carrie, I have a word for you. (laughs) I feel like you've been such, the phrase is tender shepherd. You've been so faithful to tend to the flock, to cover people in prayer. And I feel like that goes so unnoticed, but the Lord says, I notice. The Father says, I notice what you do, and he will not be mocked. What you've sown, you will reap. I feel the Lord building you up in this season. I believe the Lord says, every single seed you've prayed, every time you've shown up when no one else did, 
He's going to return that to you multiplied. I believe the Lord is increasing the prophetic mantle on your life. I believe God is increasing your ability to discern and to bring healing to people because it's not your strength anyways, it's his spirit. God is increasing you in this season. I believe where two or more are gathered, the Lord is in their name and you've been faithful even when only two gathered and the Lord is going to multiply that back to you. The Lord is going to multiply that back to you. The harvest that you've been believing for, whatever that might be, financial, um, if there's anything going on, healing, whatever it might be, God just said it's already done. It's already done. Just receive it by faith. It's already done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. teams on each side. We're about to go into a song of worship in just a moment. And during that worship, if you need anything else, just because I didn't call it out doesn't mean God's not going to heal it. He's the same God. We already looked in scripture that he heals everything. Um, so if you need something, I feel like this was to stir our faith. Um, we're going to have ministry teams on both sides. Go over there. God's going to do a miracle for you today. Put your faith out for that. Uh, but I did want to give a chance. If anyone is in this house today and they've never surrendered their life to the Lord, or maybe you've surrendered in the past, but you've walked away, I want to give you a chance to get right with God today. Maybe you already have in your seat, but I still want to give you a chance to do it publicly. Scripture tells us, those who confess me before men, I will confess before the Father. But those who deny me, I will deny before the Father. So there is something about doing things publicly. And the Lord wants to bless you. So if you're in this place and you're thinking, I've never given my life to Jesus, or you know what, I walked away from the Lord. And you're feeling that nudge in your heart. You feel the Holy Spirit working on you while I was talking today. And you want to give your life to the Lord. In a moment, I'm going to give you a chance to come up. But I just want to let you know, Christ died for you. And it's actually a strength to come before men. That is so intimidating. And for you to do that, that's actually stronger than for you to sit in your seat. For you to do that is such a boldness, and it's going to propel you in a life of boldness. All of a sudden, telling that coworker at work about Jesus, or all of a sudden telling, um, you know, one of your buddies, hey, I'm not going to do this anymore. It's easy because you just walked in front of a room and gave your life to the Lord. All the other things become easy. And so if that's you today, if there's anybody in this place that wants to either rededicate their life to the Lord or they want to surrender their life to the Lord, would you please just come join me up here right now on the left side, kind of by Pastor Alex. Thank you, Lord. If there's anybody in this house, you can come up after as well. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Can we get a hand clap for the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That is boldness. That is eternity changing. That is generations being renewed. The offspring of his life will be blessed. Is there anybody else in this house that wants to give their life to the Lord or recommit it? Is there anybody else? Well, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is there anybody in this place who has not received the gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in tongues? I know I really didn't teach on that today, and so if your faith's not out for that, that's okay. You can come find us afterwards. We'd love to teach on it. I know education provides a lot of safety when we get into spiritual gifts because we've also seen them get abused. But um, if there's anybody in this place that wants to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of tongues, um, would you just stand up in your seat right now and I'm going to pray over you.
maybe that wasn't for anybody in the house, but if somebody's watching on recording or within the sound of my voice and you wanted to receive that, I'm gonna lead you in this prayer real quick. Actually, just receive. Holy Spirit, fall upon them. Holy Spirit, fill them up. If you're in your seat and you wanted to stand but you didn't, just receive it. Fill them up, Holy Spirit. Fill them up. Baptize them afresh. May they become one spirit with you, Lord. Fill them up. May rivers of living water flow from their innermost being. Holy Spirit, bring about your good and perfect gifts. Bring the Father's promise from heaven into their life right now. There it is. There it is. Just rest and receive. And if you feel it stirring up, begin to just pray in the Holy Spirit. That's okay. This is safe. The Holy Spirit utters the Father's perfect will. Receive that by faith. Be blessed. If you're online and you received something, get in touch with our, our church. We would love to either shepherd you or get you touched with a church who's in your region if you're um, not in Omaha. Well, praise God. I'm going to end this with a prayer. The worship team is going to lead us in praise where we just give the Lord more glory for everything he did today. And if you needed anything, we're going to be over there and over there praying for you. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you that your seed landed on good soil today, Lord. I thank you that you have plans to prosper everyone in this room, according to Jeremiah 29, 11. You have plans to prosper them, not to harm them, to give them a hope and a future. Father, I pray that these would be fiery, spirit-filled believers, that what we thought was impossible with us becomes possible with you, Lord. I thank you that all things are possible to the one who believes. I thank you that the prayer of a righteous person carries great power and produces wonderful results. And right now, by faith, just receive this if you'd like. I impart the gift of faith, the gift of the Holy Spirit's faith, the perfect faith of God. I impart that into everyone who wants to receive that. Anyone in the sound of my voice, if you want to receive it, just take it. The gift of faith is upon you. What used to seem impossible is going to be possible. What you used to doubt, you won't doubt anymore. What used to seem strange will not seem strange anymore, for God is taking you to another level in his presence. Seek him first, and all will be added. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Father, I pray you bless them with every blessing, the spiritual and the natural. May their lives be long and extended. I thank you, Father. Father, fill this place up with your anointing. I pray as they go about your day, your anointing would go with them. May we be, may we recognize your presence, Lord. May we rest before you and receive you. May we host you everywhere we go. May we, we are the tabernacles now. We're the temple of the Lord. We host your presence. May we be aware of that. Father, I pray you rest on them and bless them. In Jesus' name, amen.